The Creek Church is a community of believers located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you would like more information about the Creek Church, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Glad you're here this morning. Uh, my name is Alec Jacks. I am the new student pastor here at the Creek. So uh, pray, pray for me. Pray for me. Um, it's, it's good to be here this morning. I'm so glad you're here. Man, y'all are alive this morning. That 8.30 service, y'all, was like, good morning. So like, good job. I'm proud of you already. So it's going to be a good morning. Um, we want to uh, give a shout out to our Africa campus this morning. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But Matt, Matt is a, hey, all right, let's go for it. Sure. Uh, Matt, Matt Oxley and a team are all in Rwanda this morning and uh, man, just doing great things for the Lord. And so, man, pray for them. Um, pray for me because uh, I'm filling in for Matt this morning. And uh, man, big, big shoes to fill. We are definitely blessed to have Matt as our pastor. But um, man, this morning, I want to talk to you and continue um, our series Groundwork on the book of Luke. And so um, to get started this morning, I really wanted to talk to you about character. And, and here's why. Because character absolutely matters. Um, character influences and changes the way that, that I interact with you. Like if I know um, whether or not you're a man or woman of character, that's going to dictate how we interact. Um, I have a, a high bar of character set for a lot of things in my life. One of those things is driving my car. And like I know I have an old uh, mom mobile uh, for the 10 years old, but like, like I still, like if, if I don't trust you, you can't drive my car. Um, if I don't trust you, I'm not going to let you into the vulnerable spots in my life, into the secrets of my life. I'm just not going to share those things with you. And I know that because um, I, I have a fiance. Uh, to the glory of God, which is awesome, and we are in, yeah, amen, come on, and, uh, and we are in the process of premarital counseling, and so I'm on the way to my first premarital counseling class the other day, and, and I'm what you would call, um, hopefully not to my face, but um, I'm what you would call a nervous sweater, and you know what I'm talking about, it's cool, um, and so Man, I'm, I'm on the way in the car, uh, cranking the air conditioning, and, and we're on the way to this premarital counseling, and I'm just like sweating, and like my back's, I'm just being real with you guys. My back is nasty, and, um, and, and I'm just like, like Lindy's sitting there, and she's like, what's, what's wrong? And I'm like, we're, we're good. And, and the truth is, I think what was going on is I was about to walk into this room and sit on this guy's couch, who's, who's actually a really nice guy, we'll, we'll get to that, um, but I was going to sit on his couch and, and drink a hot beverage, and then he was going to ask me questions about my life that were difficult to answer, right? Um, answering questions about stuff that there may be some shame attached to, that there may be some difficulty, some fear about the future attached to, and, and man, I didn't know the guy. And, and so like, because I didn't know his character, I just didn't know if I could trust him. And, and this morning, um, as we look at the scriptures, 
that as we look at the book of Luke, like, look, I'm going to be really honest with you. Matt gave me the Christmas story for the next two weeks, and I know we just got through Christmas. And so here's, here's what I know. Um, you probably know the action that's about to happen in this story. You know, I mean, if you've seen Charlie Brown Christmas, you know what we're about to talk about. But while we're in this passage, I want you to look beyond the action that you see happening, and I want you to look into the character of God. Because I think as we look at the character of God, here's what's going to happen. We're going to see that he is faithful, that he is trustworthy, that he wants the best for us. You can say amen at any point. And, and man, as we see that, we're going to learn to trust him more. And so my hope for you this morning is not that you would hear the Christmas story again, but that you would walk out of here trusting Jesus more than you came in here with. And so let's, let's um, I, I can't do that with a story. I can't do that with my words. Um, Adam can't do that with a good song. We need the presence of God to move in our hearts this morning if that's going to happen. So um, let's pray and, and ask God to do that. God, we thank you so much um, for your son Jesus. First off, God, we thank you that in him we have hope. In him we have mercy. In him we have salvation. And so this morning, God, we just ask that as we think about those things and we, we ponder um, the way that you came into this world, um, we would look to see your character and see that you're faithful and good, God. We, we so desperately need to know that in our hearts, God. And so we love you, Jesus, and we ask these things in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. Um, if you've got your Bibles this morning or your smartphones, uh, do what you do. Depending on how old school you are, flip over to Luke one. Yes, we are still in Luke 1. Um, we promise we'll get out of it pretty soon, but um, we're, we're going to wrap that up this week. Um, and while you're turning there, just, just as a heads up, um, this is going to be a whole lot of me reading a portion of Luke and then maybe making a comment about it. Um, and there's, there's a couple reasons why we're going to go slowly through this. One is so that you get the full counsel of God, because we want you at the creek to understand the connection between different scriptures and to see that what I'm saying is not coming from me, but is coming from the Bible, right? But then two, because we've got a lot of text to cover this morning. So um, hang with me. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting it might be. And, and we're going to come back to this passage, but really quickly, it's just important that you realize um, when you think about uh, couples getting engaged today, um, typically you're, you're probably picturing somebody about my age, somebody in their 20s, in their 30s, and, and the process that comes together, you know, you, you've got your Pinterest page that you've been working on for years, and you've got, uh, some of y'all laugh because you know, um, but you've got, you know, you're going to figure out how to um, get your bridesmaid invitation to your bridesmaid in a really creative, cute way. Now, I only know that because we're going through that right now, right? And, and you, um, your process today looks very, very different from what it would have looked like at this time. And, and just 
to bring you into the loop, uh, Mary would have been approximately between the ages of 12 and 16 at this point, which is a very scary, different scenario from if you're in your 20s and 30s, right? And so as we move forward, what I love here is that immediately um, the angel that God sent comforts her. And so pick up in verse 30 with me. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And as of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And so just really quickly, um, I love that when Mary questions God's ability to make this happen, God's answer is essentially, I'm God and I'm going to make this happen. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. I am God and I'm going to make this thing happen. God does not need natural means to make his supernatural will happen, which I, I love about that. And so um, we pick up in verse 36, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. We talked about this last week. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And then in verse 39, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the town of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And so they spend time together, and, and Elizabeth is encouraging her. And this is, this is kind of a side note, um, but I, I want you to see this, um, that often um, God will confirm your calling through your community. God will confirm your calling through your community. So if you feel like the Lord is leading you to do something, it's a really, really wise, smart thing to do to run it by your community. Here's why. Because as believers, our church family, our small groups, the people that love us who are also trusting in the Lord are the people who are most likely to pray for us to actually know what we're struggling with and to be able to speak the truth of God into our lives. And so we run the things that we feel called to past our community, expecting and looking for confirmation, but, but listening when they go, hey man, this is, not, this is not for you. This is not what the Lord is calling you to do. We wanna help you in this. And so if you don't have that community, here's, here's what you run the risk of. You run the risk of being the guy who went one too many rounds in American Idol and actually made it on television but can't sing. You, you, you do, you do. And, and like your community, your friends should have at some point gone, man, we love you, <laughs> but don't do this. Like get off of television. This is gonna end poorly. Your kids are gonna watch this in 20 years, right? And, and so, man, 
Don't be that guy. Have community. And then as you feel called to things, as you feel led by the Lord, man, seek their counsel. Seek their counsel. Seek their support. Seek their prayer. Because often when we feel called to something, God will confirm that calling through our community. And so here's, here's where I want you to tune back in uh, because we're about to see Mary celebrate the character of God through song. And so in verse 46, um, Mary said, and, and really this is a song, just so you're aware, um, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, I love that the Bible is true and that today, 2,000 years later, we are calling Mary blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Uh, before, before we move on from here, like we're going to do the rest of the song, but, but I want you to notice that Mary has a very personal relationship with the Lord here. This is not... Man, I, I know about God. I know about his characteristics. This is the Lord is my Savior. The Lord has spoken to me. And generations will call me blessed because of what he has done for me. And so, man, as we, as we see this, you've got to understand, Mary has a relationship with the Lord. And, and, and here's, here's where that leads her in verse 50. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. What's, what's she doing? She's recalling the historical faithfulness of God. And, and look right at me. You may come to a time in your life when you need to restore and remind yourself of the historical faithfulness of God in your life. And when I was, when I was very, very little, when I was like, um, a baby, newborn. I spent about six weeks in the hospital, just super sick, um, kind of bouncing back and forth between just pneumonia as a little infant, which is terrifying for a mama. And then um, eventually they tried to give me some medicine and it gave me seizures and it was just, it was just a mess. And, and I remember, well, I don't remember, but my mom tells me um, that, that some women at the church that she was going to at the time, um, they, they made this um, blanket for her, and they sewed it, and, and man, they stitched some scriptures into that thing, and they prayed over it, and they brought it to her at the hospital. And she said, in that moment, when you were at your weakest, God reminded me of his faithfulness. And so, man, as this 12 to 16-year-old Mary is looking at a very scary time in her life, as she's walking into this season where she's about to have a baby, which I can't even imagine, but at 12 years old is terrifying. She is reminding herself of the faithfulness of God. And so in 52, she says, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And, and here's, here's what's going on here. She is celebrating in song the faithfulness of the Lord. And, and man, I love that because that's just like it doesn't even like even if we weren't talking about the Lord, when we celebrate as human beings, we sing. And and you know this to be true. Because whenever 
we have a birthday, what do we do? Sing. We sing. At weddings, we sing. Now, it may not be um, a hymn. It may be a cheesy little Dave Barnes song, but, but we sing together because we are happy. We are celebrating. Um, when Dory and Nemo in Finding Nemo escaped that fish at the bottom of the ocean, man, they sang. They sang, no eating here tonight. We're on a diet. And, and man, they, you know what I'm talking about. And so, they, they sang because they were celebrating. Just the other day, man, me and Lindy were driving in our car, and uh, in my car, and we were driving down the road, and, and we were just talking about how excited we were about marriage, and I'm probably oversharing, but we were just singing, and it was like, man, uh, we're getting married, it's going to be, and like we made up a song, and, and it was goofy, but, but this is Mary's heart in this. She's celebrating. And what I want you to see in this song is that she's, she's not just celebrating um, something that God is doing in her life. She's not just celebrating, man, Jesus is coming, like, I'm going to have a baby boy, I'm singing about that. She is singing about the character of God and how he is faithful and good and restores. And so, man, this morning, I want you to see through this passage, um, and, and we'll get back to Mary's song, but a couple areas that we see God's character revealed here. And, and the first thing I want to tell you that we see in this passage is simply, um, but beautifully, that God loves the lowly. God loves the lowly. And here's, here's how we know that. Because the first two couples that God reveals that the Savior of mankind, too, are not in any way people of power, authority, reputation, or wealth. There, Elizabeth, whom we talked about last week, who is barren, and in that day and age, to be barren was to be irrelevant as a woman. The second person that we see talked about to, to actually hear about the coming of Christ is a girl named Mary. And Mary is young. She is probably scared. She is not wealthy. The only thing we know about her betrothed Joseph is basically that he's a carpenter, which is just a common trade guy. This, this is a girl from a small town, from Nazareth. And I don't know what you know about Nazareth, but Nazareth was essentially a farming community on a hill that had zero importance to the empire. This was not a place of reputation or stature. This was a place that was um, actually more known for the crime that took, out, took uh, place outside of it than for anything good coming from it, which is why in John, uh, the book of John, you actually see Nathaniel say, can anything good come from Nazareth? Now, of course, the only thing good came from Nazareth, right? But, um, but at the end of the day, what we see is that Nazareth is not a place of repute. It's a place of zero sophistication, in fact. And what I love about this is that God chooses to use that place and that God chooses to love that girl, Mary. And, and, and if I'm God, I'm, I'm just gonna be real with you guys, um, I'm looking around for influencers, man. I'm, I'm gonna choose to send my son through. I'm gonna choose like Kim and Kanye, right? Because... I'm just being real, because if, if Kim and Kanye know Jesus, like, we're going to do some, some good stuff for the kingdom, right? But God doesn't do that. He uses a poor country girl who has no influence, education, or reputation, because he loves 
the lowly. And so listen to me, this morning, if you're in here and you're going, I I don't see how God can possibly love me or use me because I don't even have a college degree, I don't even have a high school degree, I don't have a reputation or a good job that I'm proud of or a family that I'm proud of, you are loved because God loves the lowly. He didn't choose to use the influential, he chose to use the girl who needed to be used. He chose to love the lowly. And so, man, we see that in the character of God and praise God for that because aren't we all lowly? Aren't we all? We all are in such need of a Savior. And Jesus was sent through the lowly. And so, man, this morning, that that is a character of God we see. The second thing we see is not only that God uses and loves the lowly, but that he uses them to do impossible things. God loves to do impossible things through and in his people. And, and we could look at a million instances in the Bible of this happening, including the birth of Christ, the miraculous birth of Christ. We can look at Peter walking on water. We can look at the blind being given sight. We can be, look at the lame being given the ability to walk out of nowhere. But, but all we have to do is if you're a believer in this room, look at your own life. Because Christ has called you out of death, out of distant enemyship from God, where we were far from God, God drew us in. And that is an impossible thing. And so in this, in this passage, man, what we see is that Mary's response in all of this is essentially, why would you choose me? She, she is troubled, but God wants to do something impossible in her life. And so he uses the lowly, but he doesn't just use them for small things. He uses them for big things. God does the impossible in and through his people. And, and, and like, man, we as believers are a testament to his goodness in that. And so as we think about our lives and we think about the salvation of God, um, she's reminding herself of who God is um, and, and here's what I would say to you, is, is that if you're in here this morning and you're going, man, um, I hear what you're saying, and this, this sounds good, this sounds good, but, but I don't think God can use me, man, or, or that there's some situation in your life that's too hard for di- for, or difficult for God to handle, I just want you to recognize that God just birthed a kid without a man involved, and, and that man, God has birthed new life in you through the life of Jesus Christ. And, and so there is nothing that is impossible for God. There is nothing. And, and Man, this morning, as we think about what God wants to do in our lives, here's what I want you to see in verse 35. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And And then in verse 50, to go back to her song, his mercy is for those who fear him. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. So, so historically throughout history, we see God acting in ways that tear down the proud to tear down empires, but also exalting the humble and lifting them up and, and moving his people forward. And, and here's why that's important, because what Mary is pointing out is that Jesus has a specific character as he comes into the world, and it's one that 
exalts those of humble estate, that fills the hungry with good things, and, and that leads to the remembrance of God's mercy as they talk of their fathers and Abraham and his offspring forever. And, and this is true because Jesus in Luke 4 as he's talking about what his ministry is, is literally going to say this. And he's quoting Isaiah, just so you know. But he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And li listen, here's what Jesus' ministry is on the earth. To proclaim good news to the poor. To send me, he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then later in John 10.10, 10, he says this about himself. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And so here's what I want you to see. Where there is darkness, God wants to come in and shatter that darkness with his light and with his joy. And in fact, um, the very first action of God in the Bible recorded in Genesis is that he's shattering darkness with his, with his light. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and the darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. The first recorded action of God is light shattering the darkness. And what I want you to see this morning is that that light seen in Genesis 1 is the light that is also referred to by Jesus in John 1. And he says this, in him, Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so let me, let me help you. When we experience Jesus, we experience hope, joy, light, peace, grace, and mercy. And as we sit in his presence, he pierces our darkness. And, and so they're, they're really, this morning, um, I, I don't know where you're at spiritually. I, I, just, I just don't. Like, I haven't been here long enough. I've been here for a month. Um, but, but I know there are two primary kinds of darkness that, that you might be dealing with this morning. The first is, is simply spiritual darkness. And, and here's what I mean. You don't have a relationship with the Lord. You have not said yes to Jesus. You have not encountered the hope and mercy and grace and light that Christ brings into our life. And, and let me just plead with you this morning. You are going to reach a place where you realize you can't do it on your own. That's a good place to be because that's the place where you realize that you need a savior and that savior is Jesus and he wants to share his hope with you, his light with you, his joy with you and he did so through the cross and this morning, man, if you're coming in here and you're going, man, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I don't even know why I came to church. I'm not a believer, but I'm here because I need help and I need hope today can be the day that you say yes, and you say yes to hope, and you say yes to joy, and you say yes to Jesus. Today can be that day. And man, I would, I would just honestly ask you, like even if you've got questions and you're like, I don't know about this, man. I don't know about this, Alec. I don't know your character. I don't know you. Then I would just urge you to come talk to someone when we have our prayer partners walk up and, and just share those questions, man. This is a safe 
place for that. The, the second kind of darkness that I think we experience, and, and this is specifically for believers, is, and, and I don't have a better word for this, I'll come up with one someday, but just fake darkness. And, and here's, here's what I mean. How many of you have played hide and seek with a little kid? Some of us, yeah. So, so here's, here's how this works, right? Here's how hide and seek with a little kid works. You go up to a wall, you cover your eyes, you count as loudly as you can to 10, and then you say, ready or not, here I come. Right, good, so you've played, good. Um, so you play this game, and, and, and here's what happens. You walk into the most obvious hiding place, and here's the kid. And they think that they're so well hidden, right? And they believe, like in their heart of hearts, they're going, I can't see them, so they can't see me. Done. And, and that's how it works in their minds. And so what do you do? You, as a good parent or uncle or aunt or cousin or whatever you are, you walk into the room and you look everywhere but at that kid. And so you, and you, you might even call your name. Like you might, like I have a niece, Victoria, and we used to play this. And so I'd be like, Victoria, where are you? You know, you know what I'm talking about. And so, man, in the same way, look, God sees your darkness. He, he does. And you're fooling yourself if you're acting like the little kid going, man, nobody can see me. As long as I don't acknowledge that I have a problem or that there's sin in my life, like nobody will know, right? And, and look, man, the reality is, is that God sees all, knows all, knows your heart before you even get to your actions. And so, man, if you have a sin in your life that is causing darkness, that is sapping joy from you, that is robbing you of intimacy in your relationships, that is covering your world, today, Jesus wants to pierce that darkness. And, and so here's, here's what I would encourage you to do. If you're in community Take it to your community. Take it to our prayer partners. If you're not, get in community. Get into a connection group. I mean, we, we are a place that is ready to help you do business with the Lord. And so, man, today um, you can decide to let Christ into that area of your life. And, and this morning is a great time to do that. Um, but, but ultimately, here's, here's what I love that this leads to. Um, this eventually... If, if we look at these three characteristics of God, if we look at the fact that, man, he loves the lowly. He loved us when we were at our worst. He loves us today. He will love us in the future when we hit our worst again. I promise. He loves the lowly. He, man, is a God who is all about redeeming and rescuing us. If we look at the fact that God wants to pierce our darkness, if we look at the fact that God wants to replace our darkness with his joy and with his hope, man, then here's what that should cause us to do. And if you're in your Bibles, man, I just want you to look at this first line of Mary's song. And it's simply this, my soul magnifies the Lord. And so this morning, man, our job as believers is to magnify the Lord. And I know that's, that, that, like if you're not new, if you're new to church, like that sounds complicated, but here's what that means. It means that we love others and we make Jesus clear in the way that we live our lives. We 
pour ourselves out in such a way that when they look at our lives, because listen to me, like there's nothing you can do to make the God of the universe any bigger, right? Like that's, that's just true. You, you can't. However, you can give more of yourself, let more of his light in, in such a way that when people see you, what they see is an act of God. What they see is God loving them. What they see is a Christian who's passionate about the glory and love and renown of God's name. And so that is how we magnify the Lord. We turn our lives over in worship to him. And that brings glory to Jesus. And so this morning, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to pretend to know where you are, but um, I do want you to consider, man, if, if you are, just, just be honest with yourself. If, if you're in darkness this morning, if your relationships are messed up, if your past is messed up, if you're um, a person who, who's coming in this morning and, and you're just hurting, can, can I just encourage you? Man, God loves the lowly. And God loves you where you're at. And so in that, not only does he love you, but he wants to change your life. He wants to pierce your darkness. And so this morning, man, would you, would you consider asking him for help with that? Would you consider talking to somebody about that? Would you consider, man, seeking aid? Because, because here's, here's the real thing. All of us, every single person in this room, needed help from Jesus. And, and he sent, God sent his son because he knew that we were never gonna be good enough. He knew that we were never gonna be strong enough to save ourselves. But God made a way for you and I. And so this morning, man, um, I hope that you would walk out of here understanding that that's not just an action he took, but that's the character that he has. And as you leave here today, that you would trust him more, that you would magnify him, and that you would praise his name, no matter the situation you're in. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And God, we just ask that um, you would remind us that no matter where we are this morning, you would, um, you would pursue us. You would shatter our darkness. And, and God, we just wanna ask you to do that. If there's somebody in here who's going, man, I'm, I'm hurting this morning, I'm broken this morning, I'm walking around trying to just, just conceal this sin, would you just expose us, Lord, for, for our good so that we wouldn't pretend anymore? We need you, God. So we just ask these things in your name. Move in our hearts, God. We love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Creek Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at thecreekfw.com.